This is the Visionary Podcast. What is up, Visionaries? Today I'm joined by Will McQuinston. Um, He's a great guest and a great friend, and I'm so happy that he was able to come on and share his stories. We're bringing this one out from behind the archives and dropping it in honor of Men's Mental Health Awareness Month this November. So please make sure that if you're listening to this, this episode gets out to the people who need to hear it the most. And without further ado, I will let Will introduce himself and we'll dive right into it. Let's normalize men's mental health. Here we go. Hey guys, my name is Will McQuiston. Uh, I'm currently class of 2024 at Harvard studying computer science, 20 years old, born and raised in Prattville, Alabama. So um, yeah, Lindsay brought me on this week to talk about my life and uh, some of the things and struggles I faced whenever I was younger and how they really impacted who I am. Uh, what I see myself as at Harvard, what I see myself doing in the future and things like that, really just like changing my philosophy on the world and uh, changing how I viewed things, my perspective. So um, both of my parents were really, really bad drug addicts whenever I was young. They got divorced whenever I was like maybe four or five years old. Uh, So I stayed with like various family members for a long time, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever, while, um, my parents were in rehab. My dad had really bad mental disabilities that resulted from the drug use. And so he ended up developing schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. So, um, wasn't capable of taking care of me. Uh, my mom eventually got back from rehab, seemed to kind of like get her life under wraps again. And so I lived with her from the time I was about six years old to the time I was about 15. Um, and whenever I was 15, her drug problem came back up got really bad. She ended up leaving. And so uh, I was homeless for about two months whenever I was uh, 15 years old. Um, eventually my grandparents came and picked me up one day and they said that I could stay with them in an exchange. Like they just wouldn't pay for my college, but they would give me a place to sleep. They would give me food to eat. They would give me a car whenever I turned 16, like overall, like a really, really fortunate deal, a really, really, uh, good outcome, probably the best outcome I could have hoped for. So they gave me a stable place to stay uh, whenever I was going through high school, uh, a solid place to just like, I always knew I could go. I, I would have like a room, I would have a bed, I would have a meal. And so super thankful to my grandparents for that. But um, going through some of the struggles I had whenever I was younger and whenever I was like in a really important point in my life uh, has really changed my perspective, especially whenever I'm at Harvard. It has really changed how I view things. It has really changed how I view myself here. I don't really want to be at Harvard to make a lot of money. I don't really want to be at Harvard to like be the most successful person in the world or anything like that. Um, really at Harvard just because I think it's the like best way for me to have an impact, to help kids that had similar situations to what I grew up in and kids that have to force that reality every single day. And so uh, I really changed my perspective on things a lot. And I'm pretty grateful, honestly, for it. I know a lot of people tell me whenever uh, they hear my story, they're like, they'll say sorry or something like that. Honestly, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. I feel like it made me into the person I am today. 
and overcoming those uh, boundaries, those obstacles, those barriers, I feel like made me a stronger and a better person. Um, but dealing with that type of lifestyle and those type of struggles uh, is something that's really, really difficult even for me now, um, several years after the fact. And it's something that's difficult for a lot of people that face these type of issues in their life. Um, just not feeling like they have any self-worth, not feeling like they have any confidence, you know, um, not feeling like they have any purpose. And these are all things that I've experienced at one point or another. And so really what I want to get into today is about how to be strong whenever you feel weak um, and how to find that strength through vulnerability. So, yeah, thank you. because I was so willing to embrace that community and I, I had to, you know, for me, it was like one of those things where I had to have those people that I could rely on or else I, I probably wouldn't have gone through. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really do, I think it's like really, really important to have a strong community of people that you can truly rely on. And I mean, here at Harvard, I have um, a lot of people that I consider to be friends. I have a lot of people I consider to be good friends. But then again, like I have a few people that's like, I know I could literally bring anything to, and I won't face any judgment. I won't face any retribution for it. I won't face any consequences for the things I tell them. Mm -hmm. And they won't think of me any different for, which for like me and the things I've gone through in my life is, is really, really important. And so, um, I mean, if I didn't have those guys both home and here at Harvard, like I, I couldn't tell you that I would be in the same mental state that I'm in. Mm -hmm. because it's just honestly like so important to have somebody where it's like even if it's like a Friday night and the rest of your friends mm -hmm. are out like a party or out like at Hefe's like Hefe. you know doing something you know or whatever <laughs> like e even if it's like peak social hour peak academic hour it's like I know that I have like two or three guys that it's like if I give them a call they'll leave whatever they're doing yeah and they'll come and they'll sit with me and we'll have a talk Really? You know, and, mm -hmm. and I've had to do that for my friends where it's like, maybe we'll be at a party and somebody gives me a tap on the shoulder and they're like, Hey, can we go talk? Uh -huh. and, Been there. You know, it's like, yeah, but that's what I think you have to have that level of uh, closeness with somebody. And, um, sometimes it's really hard to get that vulnerable, honestly. Like it's, it's really easy to like sit here and tell people like, oh yeah, you need to have that community of like four or five people that mm -hmm. like you're really, really close with that you can trust with everything. But it's harder to tell people to like become vulnerable. <laughs> and like even going back to like me a few years ago, that was probably the thing that I struggled with the most whenever my mental state was in this worst place. Yeah. Because it's really, really hard to let yourself open up to people if you've ever faced any type of like judgment from people that you respected like for me with like my mom yeah. you know it's like for me it's like a, a mother is somebody that's supposed to be like somebody that loves you unconditionally things like that is always there for you and with some of the things that she said to me and with some of the things that were done it was like that kind of polluted and perverted the idea of like unconditional love in my head and so it took a lot of like forceful rewiring to actually open up to the idea of like, okay, I can actually trust this person. I yeah. can be vulnerable around this person and they won't go tell somebody else about it. They won't go like make fun of me to their friends, things like that. Um, 
they, it's, a, it's a big leap. It's a really big leap, you know. And if it's a whole process of, like, steps, then I'd say that, like, the biggest step, the biggest leap is, you know, accepting that you have to be vulnerable in order to build that community. Yeah. But it's so worth it. it. As soon as you can, like, cross that gap, like, it's so worth it. And it's something yeah. that's, like, it's really scary before you do it, but as soon as you do it, it's, like, you <laughs> recognize how important it is. Yeah, definitely. I think we are kind of, the the youth is kind of, like, in a culture, we have a culture of avoidance, mm-hmm. right? And, like, wanting to kind of, like, swerve the emotions oh, or yeah. swerve the being vulnerable. But, yeah, I think that's a great point. I had never been able to articulate it so well, so thanks for that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... I kind of want to transition into like how we can learn from your story and what advice I guess like would you give to a young person right now? Yeah, um, I mean for people going through or for like any young person going through a similar situation that I face, you know, like dealing with broken homes or with like a, a flawed view of like unconditional love or or drug addiction or anything like that. Um, Honestly, like the best thing you can do while you're in it is just keep putting, putting another foot forward. You know, it's like, again, I think that there's a time to sit down and handle things, but while you're in hell, you just have to keep walking. You know, at some point you'll get out, and it's a tough mentality to have. But for me, the things always helped me were like staying busy. You know, like having a good group of friends that's like I could call up at. 1 a.m. and I know that we can go ride through the country roads for like two or three hours and there's no questions asked Mm. or having a person where if I'm feeling upset it's like I can call this guy and he'll come over and we'll just sit there I mean we could just sit on the couch we might not even say anything we might just like be in each other's presence for a few hours and it's like it's like rejuvenating powerful yeah and so like finding whatever it is that helps you get through day by day you know, I know a lot of people love meditation. A lot of people, you know, like in the church, love prayer and like Bible studies, things like that. Um, whatever it is that gets you through, like just find that activity which helps give you steps to take in the middle of the day. Because like if you're just sitting around all day, uh, like alone in your thoughts, you're not going to be able to beat them by yourself. And so while you're in it, just keep going. Just put your, your left foot forward, put your right foot forward and, and keep moving. And whenever you get to a, a point where you're more stable in life, the situation looks a little bit better, you know, like then you can take that time to, to sit down and unwrap. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I, I'd say is like, don't be afraid to seek professional help. That was one thing that I didn't do forever. I mean, like, they've been telling me that I needed to go to therapy since the first divorce whenever I was four years old. Yeah. And it was a thing I always just said, no, like, I don't need that. Like, yeah. I'm not that bad. Um, and I, I really came to terms this summer. is one of the things I realized. I was like, I probably should seek some professional help. Yeah. And so I've started to. I mean, like, I've started to see a therapist. And... I, I don't think that that's anything to be ashamed of. I think that we have this culture, like what you said, of like skirting by emotions, mm-hmm. you know, of like being afraid to admit that you're struggling, being afraid to admit that it's like you might need help. And I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with seeking therapy or maybe even if it's not a therapist, like just going to somebody that's in a position may have been where you were you know like going to a pastor if you're religious going to a teacher that you trust at school Mm -hmm. anybody in that position of like authority 
like just going to them and opening up, I think is, is really important. Yeah. Um, and for people that aren't, I haven't been in my shoes, you know, like if you're just like looking to get a better, you know, rounding on like your view of life, you know, um, just realize, you know, a lot of times whenever you like meet people that you all come from different circumstances. And I tell this to a lot of times to people here at Harvard, maybe somebody that came from like a more privileged background or an easier life or things like that. A lot of times they'll be like, I'm so sorry you went through that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell them, like, don't be sorry. I'm like, you, you lived a good life so far. It's like, yeah. that should be the goal. Like, I'm, I'm glad that's like, that you were able to do that. Yeah, know? like the goal is not pain. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, don't, don't feel sad or don't feel bad because it's like, you may have what you consider an easier life. Uh-huh. Like, everybody has a testimony. Everybody has a story. It doesn't matter how easy it is. Like, take pride in what you came from. For me, I take pride in how difficult my situation was. It's fine to take pride in your situation, even if you, like, think it doesn't compare to, like, one uh, to a life that might be harder. Because it's like, everybody has their own struggles. And for me, at this point, it's like, my struggles have taken a very different shape and a very different form from somebody that comes from like what would traditionally be considered an easy life mm-hmm. like may have faced. But it's like I can guarantee you that it's like every kid here at Harvard that like people might look at and just be like, oh, they come from privilege. Like they've never had to work for anything. They've never had to struggle. I guarantee that all of them have had their own struggles, which are pretty, pretty, you know, big. Yeah. Like I've I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of these kids that may come from like a lot of wealth and a lot of fame and things and and they have a lot of they have a lot of issues too, you know, that they mm-hmm. face. And so, you know, like if you do come from a what you might consider to be like an easier life, don't put yourself down over it, you know? Like you should be happy that you were able to do that and you should be able to use that and use the situation that you've been put in to help other people. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great message. So before we wrap up, I just want to say like how powerful it is for you to openly say that about, you know, like being vulnerable and like seeking help and seeking those moments like where you kind of find yourself. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I agree with you a lot, you know, where it's like, it's definitely in the culture for it's like, uh, if you're a man uh, to just push down your problems like for me I'm a big guy too I'm like mm-hmm. 6'3", 6'2", I'm like 230 you know yeah. um, I'm an athlete I'm, I'm technically involved in the U.S. Army you know even though I'm just a little cadet in ROTC <laughs> land you know ROTC um, land I yeah. love that but it's like a lot of times it's like I, I'm very much not the stereotype of somebody that you would look at and say like oh they go to therapy yeah oh like he gets vulnerable sometimes like I'll be the first to admit like I'll, I'll cry around my friends sometimes like if things yeah. get hard if I really am talking about something I'm passionate about and it's like that's not something that you would expect from me if you just see me on the street mm-hmm. but I think that's important to like have that realization you know that's like if you're a man if you're a big guy you know if you're like an athlete if you're you know, involved in things that are usually seen as like harder professions, harder activities, you know, where it's like, you don't want to be soft, Mm -hmm. you know, just keep in mind, like, at the end of the day, like, A, you need to value your mental health as much as you value your physical health. Like, there's no reason why, like, if you think it's soft to go see a therapist, then it's like, you might as well be soft to go to the doctor, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's the same thing. It's your health one way or another. And if anybody thinks otherwise, 
keep in mind that's like they're not living your life they're not like going through the struggles you've gone through and i can guarantee if somebody's gonna like walk up to you and call you soft for opening up for being vulnerable anything like that a hundred percent of the time they have something that they're dealing with or they're projecting right so like be willing to if if you're in a situation like me which is a very narrow demographic (laughs) you know but it's like if you're in a situation like me where it's like it, it you're afraid to seek help or open up because you don't want to appear soft like you know just take that first step take that leap be mm-hmm. willing to be vulnerable and, and just don't look back you know yeah. just jump in toes first and uh, i promise it works out yeah i actually think that it's probably a larger demographic of those types of people who don't want to be too vulnerable yeah. um than you would think so yeah Awesome. Okay, well, let's transition into our final segment. Yeah. Um, it is called the um, Quick Vision Questions. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. we have, like, um, okay, so we'll start easy. What's your favorite sport? Uh, football. What inspires you on a daily basis? Uh, my family. Where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully in uniform. Doing what? Uh, maybe infantry. What would you say your core values are, your top three core values? Um, grit, uh, determination, and uh, reliability. Okay, and the last one, um, we kind of touched on it, but if you want to like kind of synthesize, what advice would you have for a young visionary looking to find their path? Um, put, put one foot in front of the other and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank uh, you for I really appreciate me. it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. If you can see it, you can be it. It starts with you. Um, this is the Vijay Podcast. And if you value this episode, be sure to follow for more. And we'll see you next week. All right. Very good. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm going to go get some food.